0: Hello and welcome to Friars on the Farm Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Jones, and today I'm joined with, uh, as usual, uh, Roy Thomason. Hello. Hey, Roy, I owe I you an apology. You know, last episode, you was your first episode with us, and uh, or with me, and I didn't give you any props. I didn't tell anybody what you do, what you've done, and anything.
1: Well, I'm nobody special.
0: <laughs> well, I, well, here you are. Here, here, Fires on the Farm. You're very special. Oh, thank you. And, and for, uh, you know, and at, um, at the other podcast that we do, you're co-lord of with the, uh, Hell's Bells ladies. Our wives do a podcast called Hell's Bells. I had Liddy Lurie and, uh, Angela Sorrow.
1: Well, we're, we're not officially tied yet.
0: Yeah, we're not really. They just call us stepwise because we sit around. But you write, you know, some of the things you do, you write for, for
1: Gas Lamp Ball, mm-hmm.
0: uh, a regular contributor to Gas Lamp Ball.
1: Well, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the staff writers at, at Gaslamp Ball. Um, I don't write there as much as I probably should, but uh, it, right. <laughs> <Not that laughs> we, we all have lies,
0: and there's so many people that write for Gaslamp that mm-hmm. they have continuously have solid content, and, and people just mm-hmm. putting stuff on there and it getting out. Um, so, welcome to the fifth, fourth episode. Woo, we're almost a five.
1: Thank you. And now we have new intro music. Yes, uh, very cool. We are getting up there. We're trying to sound like professionals, like we know what we're doing. Not that we do. We have no idea. We No, we
0: don't. (laughs) Like most of the San Diego (laughs) (laughs) podcasters,
1: this is just kind of a, a hobby. We throw it together and we put it out. And hopefully somebody out there listens and enjoys it.
0: Press record and talk. But I got five pages of prep here, so um, we'll get right to that here in a minute.
1: Yeah, are you listening, Lord Podcast? We we prepare here,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, so June twenty sixth is the eighty second annual Texas League All Star Game at Security Bank Ballpark in Midland, Texas, home of the Midland Rockhounds. Um, we have a record, league leading ten players brought to the uh, to the All Star Game.
1: Ten? I thought it was nine. It
0: was nine. Well, it was nine until. Another player on the All Star team got promoted to Triple A, and they added Michael Geddes. All
1: right, congratulations, Michael Dude, Geddes.
0: Absolutely, and he's had a real breakout season. Uh, it, it, it's not superstar potential, but he is hitting the ball often and hitting it well and uh, doing really well this season.
1: It's been a long time coming for him. Yeah. He, he was When he was drafted, he was one of these toolsy players. He's got the speed, he's got the power, he's got an arm. But it's just, could he put it together? And each year when you're watching him, the guy just struggles. Yeah. And he'd have these stretches where he looks like a stud. And then struggles where, periods where he just, he's struggling. He looks lost at the plate.
0: Yeah, and he seems to be kind of putting it together a little bit this year. And he's rewarded with his first uh, trip first to the All-Star game. Yeah. Um. So let's go down the list. It's uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Ah! Oh, the savior Austin Allen another breakout season guy there uh Ty France my big uh I'm a big Ty France guy uh River Stevens Cal Quantrill Brad Weck uh Rowan Wick that's Brad Weck and Rowan Wick James and Patrick I listened to their podcast today and I think he said week or Weck um
1: is it Weck is that how he pronounces it it looks like it's Weck I would guess weak. I'm not sure. We, we need to get him on and, and ask him in person.
0: <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll get him on. So Tatis, uh, the reigning Texas League Player of the Month, is batting .280, 73 for two sixty one. He has 18 doubles, to 11 homers, 33 RBIs, 58 runs scored 50 in 65 games. The 19-year-old infielder leads the Texas League in run score in addition to ranking second in both total bases, 132, and extra base hits, 33, and is tied for fifth in home runs.
1: And that is after a dismal... Dismal! He was off to such a slow start, and then Barry Bloom put that tweet out... And he says, oh, talk to me in September. Uh, and then he just turned, flipped the switch.
0: Dude, nothing like a good resentment to get you going. Mm-hmm. You know, because that first month it was, it was horrible. He, he was swinging that stuff out of the zone, way inside, way outside. You can almost just look, okay, here comes the slider in the dirt or the curveball, you know, the bouncing curveball, foot before the plate, and he's swinging at it. And now he's laying off those pitches. And, and I'm telling you, if you want to move up, you have to lay off the pitches that aren't strikes. And, uh, you know, he wasn't doing that the first month and he just, you know, nothing like a good resentment to get you going. But
1: this is for a kid who's 19, and he just skipped a level. He was in, in Fort Wayne last year, well, completely skipped advanced single A, went straight to double A. They say that that's one of the biggest jumps is going from advanced A yeah, to double A. Yeah. That's the the disparity in skill level. Yeah. So for him to move up like this and then continue to produce.
0: Well, and you know... <laughs> And you know, I was kind of like, all right, we're going to maybe, we're probably going to drop him down to Lake Elsinore. We're going to see a little bit of tattoos this year. Nope. God. You know, well, and good for him because then at the other end, I was like, God, you know what? Maybe he wasn't, you know, maybe just a ball was, was
1: where he peaked out. Yeah, you don't want to see these, and we want to see him move on. <laughs> yeah. So when somebody's playing well, like in Lake Elsinore, Chris Paddock's been killing it. So hopefully he's moving up soon, which means we don't get to watch him as much. But hopefully that also means that that's that much sooner we get to watch him at Petco Park.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And we'll we'll go over who's moving, who we think is moving up uh, later on in the podcast. So next, uh, Josh Naylor, Texas League's RBI leader with fifty-one over sixty-three games. Uh, the first baseman outfield's been playing a lot of the left field. I had Kyle streets at first. He's been playing left. He's been playing serviceable. Mm-hmm. Serviceable left field. He's
1: looking better. Early on, he was airmailing some throws. I guess they worked on his mechanics because you throw a little differently from the outfield yeah. than you do from the infield. Yeah. But he's on the All Star game as an outfielder. Yeah, and
0: you don't curl hop at first base. <laughs> you got to learn a curl hop, right? You know the angle of the ball. I was playing ball today, and you know, I was playing right field, and a and a right handed hitter hit one, and it was tailing back. It was curving back into me, and I had to make my adjustment to get it. So there's a lot of adjustments. Uh, to be made in the outfield. He seems to be doing it. Um, we'll see if he sticks there. That's probably going to be his best bet with Hosmer being up at the major league, uh, major league team. But he also is third in the league with total bases with 128. Um, the next, next player is Logan Allen, who is currently on the DL, who is currently, I just one of those freak accidents of shagging balls in the outfield and he
1: twists his ankle. Yeah. And that happened right after he was named to the All-Star game, too. Yeah. You know, and
0: I, I kind of feel like a jerk because I'm like, I wrote in my notes like freak accidents and I didn't look any up. Somewhat off the top of my head is like players. I remember, I think it was Charlie Blackman or a player for the, uh, for the Rockies. Um. Their old first baseman gave him a bunch of venison, and he fell down the stairs carrying the venison, or something like that. Just like
1: Sammy Sosa pulling a rib muscle, sneezing.
0: Right. Oh my God! Or falling in the tub. Andrew
1: Cashner um, slicing his thumb open while he was cutting his meat.
0: Yeah, Cashner. He, he's a, he's a hunter, man. That guy's a that guy's a <laughs> he is a hunter. Quartered um, down the DL. He's got a two point nine three ER. He's eight and two. With a 2.93 ERA, 80 strikeouts over 73rd and two-thirds innings. That's in 12 starts. The Southpaw leads the league and wins in wins and strikeouts and is tied for the league and in innings pitched. Allen also is ranked second in ERA and fourth in whip. He enters Thursday atop the Texas league in both total bases.
1: Oh, Austin Allen.
0: Austin. We went from Logan I went Austin, Austin to a Logan. Okay. There we go. That's, that's bad prep. <laughs> Sorry, John. I really apologize. Anyways. So yeah. Eight and two, two point nine three ERA. He's a strike thrower. Yeah, and he mixes his pitches really well. And he's young, twenty one years old. You know, and that's what I that's what I see in you know in no minors. You will move up. You will have success if you throw strikes. Uh, that's a very Mark Sweeney thing to say, but it's it's true. A lot of these guys that move up are, are strike throwers and they mix their pitches. Um, it doesn't have to be absolute gas because he doesn't throw super hard. He's not like 98, 97. You know, he's the mid nineties. 92 to 96 and just mixes the pitches up really well. Uh, Cal Quantrill, San Diego's number four prospect according to Major League Baseball, or MLB.com, pardon me, is five and three with a four point two ERA this season and thirteen starts. The right hander has been especially strong in June, going two and 0 with a two point one three ERA and twelve strikeouts over twelve and two uh, innings. That's two starts. He had a really good game here. And we'll get to that once we get into the uh the missions the week uh during the during the week. It's like a ten or twelve games uh twelve K game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year everybody was looking at his stat lines, going, what the heck's going on? Right. But he was working on a breaking ball that they wanted him to develop. He was yep. still building up his strength from Tommy John yeah. surgery and recovery. And then this year he started off rough the first month and a half or so of the season. And people are looking at again, looking at the stats, going, Okay, this guy's one of your top one of your top prospects. Now it seems like he finally put things Uh, together and is turning a page. You know, in double A. Now it makes me think of Colin Ray. Yeah. You know, Colin Ray made that leap from double A to the big leagues a couple years ago. So the guys that are in double A right now performing well, they might we might see them later this year.
0: I wouldn't be uh, you know and i wouldn't be surprised if logan allen was one of those guys i know cal they probably want to keep him down there to keep working on developing that curveball and mix it in with the change up um but right he, the first part of the season i was like oh my god he's just he's getting lit up and i think i had some stats in the last episode uh, but he does seem to be putting it together and doing really well and he's rewarded with the uh, trip to the all-star all-star game um Ty France continues to be a consistent performer for the missions, batting 267, 14 doubles, nine homers, and 45 RBIs. He's tied fourth in 65, tied for fourth in 40 with 45 RBIs in 65 games. He's a guy, I think, you know, and we'll talk about this later on when we talk about who moves up. Um, we could see him in Petco, not this year, but maybe next year as a call up, maybe even, uh, you know, a spot start with some injuries. Because we are weak at the Major League Club in third base. I know we have Villanueva. I know we got you know Corey Spangenberg. And I don't want to talk too much about the Major League Club. But we need avenue. We'll talk about avenues of where these guys can get up
1: Mm -hmm. to the bigs. Um, One of my favorite things about Ty France this year is that he's been drawing. He's been getting on base by drawing contact, (laughs) getting hit by pitches. More than just about anybody, there was a point in time where he was hit by a pitch more than he'd drawn a walk or struck out. You know, so d- right go now, ahead. he's got twenty. He's been hit by a pitch twenty times. He's got thirty-five strikeouts and twenty-five walks. But it's just it's just crazy. You look yeah. at every day; it seems like the guy's getting hit by a pitch once or twice.
0: He's like the Greg Buzio with the Padres minor league. Yeah. Leads. Did Tony Gwynn teach him that? Did T. Gwynn teach him that at state?
1: I don't Lean know. into it.
0: So, <laughs> Anyways, uh, Brad Wick is second in the league in saves with nine And has not allowed an earned run since April 30th That's in 15 appearances
1: well, one To step back to France One thing oh, I yeah. want to point out I'm on roster resource nice. here And I can see that Ty France is going to be eligible For the Rule 5 draft in December Okay And so he, if they if they don't add him to the 40-man roster by then Then that means another team could just draft him in the Rule 5 And put him on their 40-man roster So if he's close enough where he could be a rosterable kind of player, then they might want to protect him from that. So then there's a whole bunch of guys that are in that kind of category where they might be exposed if they're still in the organization in December, not on the 40-man. So he might be the kind of guy that could get called up some point this year just so they can get a look at him and see if they want it. Keep right.
0: It. There's some potential there. Mm-hmm. And with, uh, you know, sorry to get back to the Major League team, but with with Villanueva, you know, kind of regressing, I think he had three strikeouts today, um, and the kind of a butcher, or at least, you know, uh, the challenges he's had at third base uh, defending, um, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be out of the stretch of the ordinary, it wouldn't be a stretch of the imagination, pardon me, to, to have him come up. Mm-hmm. And as a September call-up, get 10 games in, get his feet wet, pay off the credit card bills with the Major League salary, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's funny, the September call-off it is, it's kind of like, uh, Cody Decker came up a couple years ago for the Padres, and, and uh, what he did he, with his major league salary, he paid off his dad, his parents, and he paid off credit card debt.
1: Well, these kids, they have sponsors. I, there's, one of the things that's been in the news this year was the, the, the pay scale. Mm-hmm. that there was some bill that went through Congress that limited them. It was a freaking it's, horrible bill. Go it's on. It's an awful bill. And these kids, this is this is their career. 12 months out of the year, this yeah. is their job. Yeah. It's not like they're doing this as a hobby and they've got some side job or in the off season They go, no, they're trying to work out and train yeah. all year long, but you're going to pay them for six months out of the year. You're not going to pay them for spring training. You're not going to pay them for the fall instructional leagues that they play in. It's it's crazy. And so these kids it's servitude,
0: to, it's slavery almost.
1: Yeah, it is. And so they're either living with mom and dad and and they have the resources to be able to support yeah. them pursuing this dream or they have sponsors that will pay them, you know, give them the funds to be able to go out and do this. And then they have to pay them back when they finally do get that big check.
0: Yeah, I think antihero was uh, was Ubering like a couple of years ago in the off season just to make ends meet. I mean, yeah. you know, it's um, we had one of our delivery drivers was a was a guy in the off season in, in a couple of years back, and he he was a delivery driver for one of my like the produce company, you know, just to make ends meet off
1: in the off season. So this is a minor league ball player. Yeah, uh. yeah.
0: I'm like, oh, dude, you gotta come talk to me. Oh, well, he's like, all right, I gotta go. I'm like, oh, come on. my Right. Anyway, to get back to Brad Weck, uh is second in the league in saves and uh, hasn't allowed a run since April 30th and 15 appearances. He's fan 32 over 26 in the third innings. River Stevens, who was also on the DL, will just segue right into River Stevens, is batting 311, 33 for 106 in 34 games.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting infielder. He's he's kind of one of these utility guys. Right. That he was in, I think he was in Lake Elsinore both of the last two years. Mm. Uh, so neat to see a guy like him get the uh, the recognition.
0: Absolutely. So that's the uh, that's our and Michael Gates also got his call up. I don't have any numbers on him. It came a little bit late in the show.
1: But he's been hitting for average, hitting for power. He's been fielding very well. You know, and that's
0: another outfielder if he puts it together with like Buddy Reed is right now in Lake Elsinore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have ourselves an outfield. We're going to have the hard decisions to make uh, coming up in the next few years and what to do with these guys. Well, that's a good position to be God, in. God bless And, You know, and, and that's, and the thing about being a Padre fan my whole life, every time they did a rebuild, every time they dismantled the team, I bought in hook, line, and sinker. And how was that rewarded? Crappy players, cruddy teams, underperforming people that we thought would do well. And you know, this past couple of years I have been preaching, they're like, I believe it. Like, oh, they just trade all their players. I'm like, this time, believe me, I trust this process. I feel confident that these owners are going to, when the time is right, get the guy that we need. We're going to make the trade without, uh, you know, without butchering the or without just killing the the minor league system because it's so deep uh, to get that player that we need that bat or maybe it's a pitcher that we need. Or sign
1: the young talent to an extension rather than trade him away because you right. can't you right. don't want to afford their free aging contract.
0: Right, allah you know all a Gonzo. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so also this week the Tri City Dust Devils. Release a roster. Yes. And they had 22 guys on the roster in the initial uh, thing we talked about. I didn't talk about it last week, but mm-hmm. um, they had 22 guys on the roster. They added one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven more players from the draft. So these guys that we drafted this year and signed, and uh, they also started Friday night. We'll talk about that in a minute. And they also played last night, which we'll also talk about a little bit later on. But I want to talk a little bit about these guys that came up. Uh, one of the big signings was Owen Miller the third round, taken after his junior season at Illinois State. Is the highest selection of the group, 69th overall. Nice, nice overall pick. And he had a home run last night, his first professional home run. Uh, we're stoked for the tri city to, uh, to, be, to be playing and to report on how well those young guys are doing. Uh, Dylan Coleman, we had another Coleman, not Dusty, but a Dylan. Uh, fourth round was the first team all-Missouri Valley Conference leading in wins, strikeouts, and innings pitched. The hard right-hander helped Missouri State win the conference twice in a row. Uh, DeWanya Williams-Sutton, fifth-rounder, he got a hit, I think, Friday night. Uh, another player elected to go into the draft after his junior season out of East Carolina was named Freshman All-American by three different publications in 2016. The outfielder finished in the top ten in batting and had ten home runs this season. Stephen Wilson, eighth round. Wilson was four and one with a three point oh seven ERA and was All West Coast Conference honorable mention. So he's on the he's on the roster as well. Uh, Luke Becker, uh, the tenth rounder, started one hundred forty seven games in the SEC. I think he's a Georgia Bulldog, and uh, that's SEC. That's some serious you know some serious players there.
1: Yeah, that's the toughest conference of all the uh, all the college conferences as far as just the overall talent level yeah like in the pac 12 you've got a few schools that are above everybody else yeah. where the sec it's just across the board really good baseball okay. teams
0: from rice to florida vanderbilt vandy we still have got, poor vanderbilt's going to be just wrecked because we signed half their players that we're going to commit commit uh michael curry uh we'll talk about a little bit later was a 16 rounder 60 games with the georgia bulldogs there's my georgia bulldog pardon me uh, he had three twenty-two, three ninety-five, and a five thirty-two slash line. Gabe Moser, the twenty-seventh rounder, he went eight and four with a three point two eight ERA as a Shipberger senior. Shippensburg, as a Shippensburg senior, pardon me. Uh, he had ninety-three batters striking out, ninety-three batters in seventy-four innings, and he threw a no-hitter. Nice. <clears throat> so those guys were added to the Tri-City roster.
1: Yeah, I saw Owen Miller hit a home run already. Yeah, his first game
0: last night. I was listening to the game. Yeah, and I guess we can go into it now. So the first game, the start of the season, uh, was Friday night with uh, the, how do you pronounce this? It? Kaiser, Kaiser Salem, Kaiser Salem. So
1: not Kaiser Soze.
0: Not Kaiser. I, I want to say Kaiser Soze. <laughs> so bad. <big. laughs> um. Anyways, they, you know, there was a back and forth game. We went ahead late. By uh, you know, with the head of one of the new guys, and in comes Carter Capps, the major league rehabbing guy. Which I'm sure for the yeah. for the tri- you know, for the for the young guys are like, oh my god, what can I learn from this guy? What can I? I'm like, we have a major leaguer on the squad yeah. in uniform pitching mm-hmm. in my game, and then he gives up the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, you figure if you're the other team, you're like, oh man, this is a major league player starts shaking in your boots like this guy's gonna tear me up and he Either ended that up or you start licking your chops going oh man this is my chance to show who I am right because all
0: rule exactly against major league pitching and that's yeah. what say uh that's what they did Kaiser Salem yeah they uh he gave up the game and they ended up winning
1: yeah apparently he's working on his mechanics some more they're trying to tweak his delivery to yeah ensure his compliance with the rules with
0: the major league rules and Chris King, was uh, the announcer for the Tri-City Dust Devils, was talking about it. It's looking very similar to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not so much uh, the hop and the foot's leaving the ground, but he's hopping still, but he's dragging that foot. Yeah. And giving up gains. Uh, God, I hope he bought a nice spread for the team that night.
1: Yeah, he he, he deserves to... Pick up the the check because he's still pulling a, a major league check. Yeah. The roster. Yeah. Well, and the other night with the storm game, when uh, Rich
0: Hill pitched for not the 66ers, the Rich they, the Gucamanga. Quakes, they, he pitched for the Quakes. After the game, he bought all the team stakes. Yep. And then Joey Lucchese ended up buying the whole team an Italian spread. So it's nice, you know, when those when the major leagues come down, they rehab. Not only do the players get to you know soak up the information and in, and. In, in, when what they know, uh, it's nice to see that the the big leaguers are spending a little money and uh, kind of bringing the team together with a big fat meal. And that's that's that that's the beginning of the show.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, like so said, so you've got notes here going from each up through each level of the team. So we're going to run down what's going on at each level of the organization. Um, all the way from well, we just touched on the uh, the the Tri-city dust short doubles. season single yeah. A, and we're going to work our way up through through to um, to triple A. You know,
0: and I wanted to pull up. I wanted to really just go through the first the first game for the Tri City Dust Devils. This came from Mad Fryer. This was the, from their daily report. Oh, okay, uh, in Mad Fryer, so that they are gratefully, uh, I'm grateful to let, have them let me use their information. Uh, Owen Millen was one for four, and this is Friday night's game. He had a double. First major, you know, first professional hits a double, had an RBI. Right-fielder uh Williamson went 0 for. He was a DH. Michael Curry went 3 for 4 with a double run scored. Blake Hunt went over 3 and Trey Carter hit a home run. <clears throat> Excuse me, I listened to that game. It was, it was real nice. Um, Henry Henry pitched really well. And it was good to see him bounce back from the start that he had this year in in Fort Wayne.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. That he started with Fort Wayne, made a few starts, and then they sent him back to Arizona.
0: It, it was cold. I, I'm just going to say it was cold for him, and maybe just a little overwhelmed, maybe a little overmatched with uh, that's that's their dog. I forgot the dog. Yeah, name. Copper was talking Copper. to us there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, when the season opened, the Dust Devil sent Henry Henry to the mound. He was the Northwest uh, he was the Northwest League's All Star starter last year, and after a rough go in Fort Wayne to start the season. Had a 19.89 ERA. He was able to work out of trouble, scattering you know, scattering seven hits, including a double and a solo home run. He walked almost two batters an in inning for the Tin Caps, but issued just one free pass that night. Uh, the Tri Cities one through four batters were all college players from the 2018 Major League Draft: Luke Becker, Owen uh, Owen Miller, Duanna Williams, Michael's Curry. Uh, the Beckham Miller Curry infield duo turned a pair of double plays on the night, while Curry had a three hit night. The Volcanoes
1: is that like Tinker's, Evers to Chance?
0: Tinker's Evers to Chance, absolutely. You
1: know what I'm talking about? Like the the, the there were there were the Cubs infield. Okay, they were legendary back in the day. and Now they're all in the Hall of Fame. This is back in like before 1910.
0: Yeah, this was a little before my time, and this is why I have Roy on here because he's encyclopedic memory.
1: When I heard just when I heard you name it, <clears throat> Becker, Miller, Infield, it made me think of that. Like Tinker's to Evers to Chance was a was a thing anyway.
0: Six four three. Yeah. Well, it's good to see these guys turning double plays so early. Um, getting back to the you know getting back to the kind of the recap, Carter Caps and rehab assignment, and Andres Munoz was added to that roster as well. The flamethrowing Youngster.
1: Yeah, I was worried about him because he was shut down with an elbow issue. Yeah. So, I mean, 100-plus mile an hour, and he's, what, 18?
0: Yeah, which makes you kind of worry. I, I hope that throwing that hard that young, you know, to bring him along nice and slow.
1: Well, apparently there's some stuff in his mechanics that, that gives <clears throat> people some concern.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's going to be figured out in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe he even becomes just a bullpen guy, which that kind of sounds like he may be mm-hmm. uh, in the future. Anyways, Trey Carter for the hit who excuse me for hit 192 for in 31 games with Fort Wayne this season, homeward in his first at bat of the season. Nice to, you know, once again, nice to see Trey to get, you know, get his first Homer out of the way. The speedy center fielder upped his walk rate to 14.7% in a small sample size with Fort Wayne, though the twenty four twenty-one year old struck out a third of the time. Oof. Once again, that's fine. You know, he's young, he's down in in Tri-Cities. He'll figure it out Mm -hmm. and we'll move on. We had the uh, Lake Elsinore Storm. Ronald Bolanos pitched earlier this week. This last Sunday, Ronald Bolanos pitched a 7-1 win over the Jayhawks. He had seven innings pitched, six hits, one run, eight Ks. Best performance of the year, keeping the Jayhawks to one run in a a very hitter friendly park uh, in the Cal League and the wind blows out. He'd struggled to find any consistency with his breaking ball and only made it past the five innings at one other time this year. Luis Torrens, a rule five pick, eight extra bases. Eight, uh, excuse me, Torrens, rule five pick, eight extra base hits in eight games to give him a three eighty two, four thirty two, and seven hundred six slash line. Pardon me, I'm speaking a lot and my throat's getting dry. <laughs>
1: Would you like a glass of water?
0: I have water. Okay. I just this is I get loud when I start talking. Moving on to the next, uh, to Monday. Baez cruised through five innings, but gave up back-to-back singles before he was taken out, and on the night he was named a Cal League All-Star Team, Elliot Ashbeck, allowed those runs to score. Kyle Glazer reports Baez's uh, curveball at 73 to 77 miles an hour was ineffective, and he shelved it, he shelved his 84 to 86 slider after the second inning, but his 85 to 86 mile an hour changeup induced a few pop-ups. Even with his struggles, Baez departed with a shutout intact before reliever reliever Elliot Ashbeck allowed to inherit runners to score.
1: So I find that interesting because last year, Baez in uh, in Fort Wayne, he could just go out there and pump fastballs past guys all day. And that's what allowed him to put up kind of video game numbers that if you can locate a fastball at the corner's, then you can get guys out in, in low single A. But then you put them up to advanced single A, now he's trying to mix in some breaking balls. Right. And those breaking balls might not be as developed mm. as, as what these guys are used to seeing. And so they can feast on it.
0: Exactly. And that's what you can... That's what you expect when you can, in A ball, you can just blow it right by him. And he's a big guy, so he was just spitting BBs at these kids in A ball, and they were just, they were getting eaten up. Mm -hmm. You go up to advanced A, and that's why there's A in advanced A. And some say there's not that much of a difference, but there's a difference enough where coming into advanced A, you better have a plan, you better stick to that plan, and you're breaking the off-speed stuff, better play. Mm -hmm. Or they're going to time... Fastballs, and it's gonna be a short day for you.
1: Yeah. So if you're leaving that breaking ball up over the plate, they're yep. gonna crush it. Or if you're throwing fastballs in fastball counts, then they're sitting on it. Yep. And I don't care if it's 98 miles an hour; yep. they can turn on it.
0: They can time. Who was it? George Britt or Pete Rose said, "Major league hitters can time a bullet."
1: Okay, I believe it. I
0: can't remember if it was Brett or if it was Rose. <laughs> uh, anyways, bias strikeouts are down a lot from last year, and his velocity as well, sitting in the low 90s. With 41 and 3rd innings pitch, he has 18 walks. And last year, he had eight base on balls and 58 innings pitch. Buddy Reed went three for four. Uh, This is Monday night. Buddy Reed went three for four and still a lead leading twenty-nine bases of the year. He's got six walks and forty-three plate appearances with only eight strikeouts. Those strikeouts are down.
1: You got Monday's game on here, and then you got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He kept stealing bases through the week. So he's well over thirty. So he's just he's just stealing bases all over the place.
0: You know, and when you're stealing when you get on base. You can steal bases. Yeah. It's
1: like Travis Jankowski gets a single and they say it's just as good as a double because he's going to steal that, that next yeah, base. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And that's another tool in his arsenal to, uh, you know, to just do really well. Anyways, Alan Cordoba, that came, that was Monday. Alan Cordoba made his season debut after having uh, severe concussions from a preseason car accident right before spring training. And that happened like the week before spring training started. He had that accident. And they were pretty severe. Like he couldn't go outside. He had to stay in a low lit room mm-hmm. uh because of the concussion. And so he just plan on him being there for the full twenty days. After he's there, he may go up to Double A, but he, I'm pretty sure he's going to stay probably in the minors for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, I would expect so. So the twenty days, when you're on a rehab assignment, you're allowed yeah. twenty days to rehab, and then a, a roster move has to happen one way or another. Yeah. okay. So he's. He's still on the disabled list, but he's allowed to play games, right? I think that's yeah. my understanding. Yeah. So at the end of that, he'll have to be assigned to one of these teams. So as much depth as we have in this in this organization, all of these rosters are chock full. Yeah. So there's like a domino effect. So when when he's done with that 20 days, he's going to have to be, get added onto a roster. That means somebody else has to go.
0: Yeah. And let's see where he goes. If he stays there in, in Lake Elsinore, or does he go up to AA or maybe even go up to AAA? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that, let me talk about the, the Monday uh, box score for that game. You know, Baez, five in a third innings pitch, eight hits, two runs, two earned. Scattering eight hits with two earned runs is nice. He had 6K. His ERA is 2.91. And only one walk. I only one walk. I like to, seeing that one walk.
1: And if he's trying to work on breaking balls or if he's trying to move his location of fastballs yeah. out to the corners a little yeah. bit more, he's going to walk more runners right. than, than he did last year.
0: Uh, Buddy Reed went three for four with two stolen bases. There it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> You know, I, I, I we're just going through the week here, folks. Uh, Edward Olivares, two for five, two runs with a double. Brad Zunica, one for three. hit a two-run HR. That was number nine, and he was hit by a pitch.
1: Zunica seems to – he's having another good year. You yeah. talk about breakout guys like Gettys. Yeah. He's having a good season, and I've been waiting for that out of him because hes you look at him, and he's this big guy. You watch him in batting practice, he's just hitting lasers. So when's he going to start hitting in games? And now he's starting to hit.
0: Well, it's the adjustment that he made, and we talked about it last episode where uh, his, his, he used to have a big that big leg kick. Mm. And he's a big guy. And in the article or in the interview, he talked about not wanting to get rid of that big leg kick. And what it was doing is he was getting laid on fastballs and he was getting cheated on curveballs and breaking stuff. Um, he dropped that. for just I don't know if it's a toe tap or just a quick step, pick up your foot and put it down. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's relating into more contacts. It's relating to more home runs.
1: I was watching Corey Spangenberg. Just earlier today and yep. I noticed that when he would step he still has the high step but he his foot comes down and his toe comes down first and then he plants his heel when the timing of the pitch comes so it's like he has his foot down and then all he has to do is go once he recognizes the timing of the pitch yep. so the the leg kick still loads him and then but then it's not just all on when that foot comes down from the kick right there's still a little bit of a toe tap in there so I, I feel like they're messing with the mechanics of the hitters trying to trying to get that that big leg kick and the and the delay the lag that that creates because like you say you'll be if, if you're timing a pitcher up and then you go up there and you're behind on the you're behind on the fastball but then you're out ahead of the curveballs you're kind of stuck in no man's land
0: yeah. you need to make the adjustment mm-hmm. uh, moving on to Tuesday's game that was uh, Kyle Glazer was also there for the Chris Paddock start. And some notes from Kyle Glazer from Who Baseball wasn't there America. For the Chris God, start.
1: Uh, did I, you guys go up for that?
0: No, we didn't. Eric Labou, uh, miserable Padre fan, miserable SD fan, and uh, Danny Ortiz from the Five Point Five podcast.
1: And they went up with Kevin Charity. They went
0: up there with Kevin Charity, and
1: then I'm looking on Twitter, and I'm seeing a whole bunch of different people tweeting out videos from the first row. Yeah, you,
0: you, you know, and I, I got a day job where I get up very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I couldn't go up there that night and those games run late
1: yeah we had something going on that night too we really wanted to go yeah, and, and leaving
0: especially with us if, if you don't leave at four o'clock here in San Diego in Center City in Mission Valley or up here in North County where we are in Roy Angelo's place
1: oh Mira so we're not exactly North County
0: it's the bottom you're the bottom you' you're the <laughs> they call it, you're the bottom ceiling the the, the floor Starts in Mirror Mesa. Yeah, I
1: like to think that we're the ceiling of San Diego, and then you gotta go up to RB for, anyway. This, uh, I'll this, take this. This is playing into that. the Is Poway in East County <laughs> yeah, debate. Yeah.
0: It's not. And I'm from East <laughs> County. Uh, anyways, Kyle Glazer was there from Baseball America. Uh, had some, had some tweeted out some stuff here. It, Paddock was 90 to 93 early. Started the fourth, 88 to 90, and then ramped up. Finished the fourth inning working 90 to 95, 93 to 95. He's done that quite a bit this season. Kyle Glazer says, uh, ramps up and throws harder as the game goes on. He also tweeted, Paddock works around a double by Gavin Lux to get through the fifth unscathed. His his pitching line, five innings, five hits, one run, one base on balls, eight Ks. But his fastball change combo is what got the job done. You know, his, his curveball, some scouts said, was a 40-grade. Uh, wasn't getting over.
1: So a forty grade means that it would be below average, below average, below
0: major league average. Fifty yeah. being major league average.
1: I like that comment about ramping up. It makes yeah. me think of Justin Verlander, and he's still pitching. He can still hit a hundred miles an hour. It's seventh, but, eighth inning. But he gets stronger as the game goes by. And David Price, same kind of thing. These power pitchers that they start off, and maybe they don't want to show you everything that they right. got. And as you see him a second or a third time, you think you got the the fastball timed up. And then there's another tick or two on top of it, and you're late.
0: Exactly. And pitching is a a chess game. You want to start, you don't want to show all your cards in the first inning. So he did really well. Um,
1: Oh, the injury update.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that for a second there.
1: Oh, man. This is just talking about freak accidents. Uh,
0: So he uh, he, he suffered a small fracture to his nose and a cheekbone uh, when a ball hit the foul pole and then. Came back and hit him in the face, so he was running down a ball, hits the foul ball, hits him in the face. What do you do about that? That's just, uh, it's just bad luck. That's horrible. So, uh, where, where are we at with that? So, he was taking BP. That's what I want to say. He was, he was just taking BP, he's gonna be out for a while, but that's you know, that's, that's okay. Let Jorge Ono take the time, get healthy. He uh, it says here that his protective mask was ordered and should arrive sometime this week.
1: So is he going to be out there playing with one of those, like, transparent face masks? Like in basketball?
0: Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. So, and like, he puts a paint on it, and would be like, yeah, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, like that was that like, hockey player that had <laughs> yeah. all the on his mask? Yeah. Now that makes me think of, so they've got this protective face shield on the on the it's a it's an add on thing that right. Rawlings makes the helmet and then this other company makes this shield that gets riveted on and there are some teams I know uh, Milwaukee they're pretty much requiring all of their hitters at all the levels yeah. to use that so we're seeing that much more um, Giancarlo Stanton thank you Giancarlo Stanton yeah and then he came back and he had that cage installed and now we're seeing a whole bunch more players that are starting to use that protective face gear um, they say that it doesn't affect their it doesn't the field of vision or anything right. like that um, and with some of the guys that tend to crowd the plate, they kind of have a little bit more confidence. Because to go minutes, in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. These, these guys are diving in now. Yeah. Maybe Ty France is one of those guys. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he's just taking it on the arm. Uh, Paddock was on an 80-pitch uh, limit. He reached 82 with 47 strikes. Here's a plus change. This is more from Kyle Glazer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a solid top of the rotation guy. Austin Hedges made his first rehab start, and Alan Cordoba also made an appearance.
1: I-, I joked before that game that so Austin Hedges was catching with Paddock on the, and I knew that Paddock was at like an eighty eighty five pitch limit, but I yeah. jokes. Paddock's only going to need eighty one pitches because he's going to strike out twenty seven. God,
0: love that guy. And <laughs> <clears throat> you know with the major league catcher back there, it's, you know, well, it's good to see. Yeah, I'm sure during spring training you get to see the, some of these young guys, but you know, in game situations calling a the game, they can get familiar with each other. We'll see if, if when Paddock comes up, you know, if that's going to be his catcher, will we'll Austin Hedges be his catcher.
1: Well, and you know that the scouts and everybody were talking to Hedges after the game, I mean the Padres scouts, yeah. saying, okay, what were you seeing out of this guy? What do you think? Because they're, who were we talking to? Angela and I were talking to somebody like, oh, no, we were talking to Doug Bockler. We were okay. sitting because we sit right The bullpen net,
0: coach for the Padres. And
1: we were just chatting with Bockler before the game, and he says, hey, have you guys seen Paddock? What do you think? He wants. He wants to know what. Right. Because he hasn't seen him in person since spring training. So now Hedges goes down. You know that everybody in the organization is going to be asking Hedges. So exactly.
0: What, what did he saw? Where did he throw? How's it look? Yeah. So you and Angela are going to be like the minor league insiders for the bullpen coach. Maybe. Nice, <laughs> Doug Bockler. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Really uh, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you guys can get stamina to say hello to you, I think you'll be okay.
1: That's <laughs> all right. I'm not. I'm not raw about that, Angela. Angela thinks he's a little bit rude, but I think he's just locked in. He's yeah. in game, and, and, game day mode, right? It's
0: like it's not like us at work when people walk by your cubicle or walk into my restaurant and go, "Hey, Donovan." I don't like, a, you know, it's it's restaurant. This is Major League Baseball, yeah, you know, and this is where the guys got to be locked in. They got to be focused. They got to be ready, um, and we're gonna move on. Here we go. Uh, so, Kyle, uh, Kyle Glazer also um, tweeted about Hudson Potts as well. Continues to tear it up. Two for four, uh, with two doubles and RBI. Buddy Reed, two for four with a double, run scored. This is for Tuesday night's game.
1: There's that 30th. Storm uh, there's the 30.
0: God, Buddy Reed's hitting a 336, 449 to 439 for June. They're tied for first with five games left in the half.
1: And this is a guy that they wondered if he's, <laughs> if he's ever going to hit. He's got the tools. He's an athlete. Is he ever going right. to hit? Well, he's hitting.
0: And he's hitting in a higher
1: level. Yes.
0: So moving on to um, you know. I, why don't you move on to Thursday? So we've been we've been here with the, with Lake Elsinore for a little bit. Um, I I um I had some notes because I watched that game. Excuse me, I watched that game for um, Lake Elsinore Storm. Did I watch it? I can't remember. Uh, but my notes here, I have notes because I probably listened to the game on on the radio. That you know the storm hitters were given a sneak peek at major league pitching. Will be like with Rich Hill rehabbing. And no, this was just uh, this was just me following Twitter and. Listening on the uh, on the app.
1: Yes, we had Rich Hill facing off against Joey Lucchese. It was it was kind of so – that was really sweet.
0: God, I wish I would have – once again, you know, the day job gets in our way.
1: Yeah, I had to work 10 hours that day to make up for taking time off elsewhere in the week. Otherwise, I, I could have gone.
0: <laughs> I, I work for a university. I can take off kind of whenever I want, but I, I couldn't that day. Um, anyways, uh, Jeff Sanders tweets: Joey Lucchesi is ninety to ninety-three. Kyle Glazer tweets: Rich Hill is just toying with the storm hitters, throwing his curveball seventy-three, one touching seventy-eight. Kyle he's just, Glazer, he just lobs it, he just lobbing he's it just there. Lobbing <laughs> in there. You know, these guys are ramping it up against, uh, you know, a major league pitcher.
1: When Rich Hill doesn't top, he tops under at what 90, 92? Yeah, but he's got that hammer curveball
0: and the and the massive changeup. Um, I think. Um, and a night when everyone didn't really get a hit, I think Edward Alvarez has got a hit off him.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but nobody got a hit off Lucchese.
0: Yeah, I know. Right, and so we're going to go right into that. Lucchese, four innings pitch, zero hits, zero runs, zero base on balls, six Ks. Uh, Lake Elson are tweeted by Matt Fryers. Lawson fouls it up a little bit, strikes out the side on 11 pitches. Fastball sitting at 93-94. In the top of the fifth, Reggie Lawson is dealing in relief of Lucchese. And he, so they were having a no-hitter through that he threw another inning, I believe, uh, Reggie Lawson did, ended up giving a hit later on, but he was dealing, throwing 93-94 with a changeup, sitting at 85-86, to 86. and that's what you want, as Major League fastball should be, or the Major League changeup should be at least 10 miles under your Major League fastball. Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, cause it comes out the hand looking the same. Yeah, looking
0: the same. And, and it looks like that we're getting from Reggie Lawson.
1: That's, I saw that in an interview after the game that they were talking about Reggie, that his changeup, he used to only have like maybe six or eight miles an hour right. differential. And this year, he's finally created that separation that makes that pitch a weapon.
0: And oh, what a weapon it is. Uh, Reggie Lawson's line on that night was five innings pitch, zero earned runs, 6K, two base on balls with just two hits. It was. there. are in my notes here. Edward Elavero's got a hit off Rich Hill. Friday was a tough loss for Adrian Morahone. He had 12 Ks on Friday night. He retired 14 in a row. His K rate's 10.3. So let's move on to... Where are we moving on to? We're going to move on See, to... we skipped
1: over Fort Wayne.
0: We did, we did skip over Fort Wayne. Oh, let's get back to Fort Wayne. Okay. So last week... Mackenzie Gore pitched, we talked about that last week. He also pitched uh, Saturday, but last week, two innings pitched, 3K, went based on ball, he hit a batter. Aaron Lesher was just too shy off his career at 8Ks with 6Ks. He pitched six innings, four hits. Um, big night for everyone there that night, too. That was a 15, they scored 15 runs in that game last, yeah. last Sunday.
1: But really, everybody was watching Gore, because he's still coming off that blister injury.
0: Exactly. And he pitched three innings, uh, yesterday. Was it
1: three innings yesterday, five Ks. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's good to see him another, you know, having a, a consistent start. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, getting back to the score line it was Estu Ruiz, three for five with a home run. That was number six for him. Justin Lopez, three for five with a double, two RBIs. Gabriel Arias, um, Arias, three for five with a double and two RBIs. Juan Fernandez, three for five, two doubles. Big night for him it really gets this 19-year-old from Venezuela started. Uh, In 37 games, 140 plate appearances. He's got 29 hits, 10 doubles, 10 base on balls for a 230, 300, 333 slash line. If Gabriel Arias starts to hit, he is an elite glove, an elite fielder, um, but the bat hasn't got there yet. He just hit his
1: first home run in pro ball. Was was it Friday night or was it Friday or Saturday night? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, I followed him all the way through the uh the Australian league. So the Australian league here uh in West Coast starts at like their games start at nine o'clock at night. And so I would watch maybe about an hour, about three or four innings, uh on a night So I'd stay up later because I didn't have to work so late. I'd watch more of the games and just watch him watch Lake um Bacher mm-hmm. pitch and Buddy Reed also was in that league. Jerry Dale was playing that God yeah. Yeah. And he's an international signing, yeah, from Australia. Uh-huh. The Aussie. Uh, that's where I fell in love with Gabriel Arias. Was in the,
1: was oh my in God, the he is Australian so baseball league. He is so smooth at shortstop.
0: Yeah, and he has he has the build. He has these six two, six three. He has the build to be a shortstop,
1: but he's got the soft hands and the cannon of an arm. Yeah,
0: you know, and that's you know, we'll get up to Triple uh, A here in a little bit. We'll talk about our.
1: So you watch a lot of these games. Have yes. you watched much of the Fort Wayne to see what Estudio Ruiz does in the field? All I've heard about him is that the bat is legit, and who knows what the where the glove's going to take him. Really? Yeah. So they've had him playing second base, but it he sounds almost like a Alfonso Soriano is somebody I've heard comps to. Right, right, but right. He came up and he was a second baseman for a while. He wound up moving to the outfield, but he was kind of a man without a position. That he's an athlete. But he doesn't quite have the, the hands and the accurate arm to to put him at, at a premier position. Well, after the
0: announcement this week from Major League Baseball, we're getting a step closer to the DH in the national league. Why so is that? I because just People are stupid. I'm not a big fan of the DH. Well,
1: I didn't hear what, what news um, was coming out. Rob
0: Manfred had spoke about uh, with attendance down and something else down. Well, uh, maybe
1: it's time to bring the DH to the national... They didn't, he
0: didn't mention DH in particular, but there was talk around it that maybe some changes need to be made. And then everyone just started tweeting... Here comes the DH. Here comes the DH. I think it's that talk that they're starting to bring in to kind of get the conversation going, get the owners in the mindset that uh, you know that it's going to be coming down the pike.
1: Uh huh. Well, the one so not not to segue too far off of this, but there was a, a Jason Stark put an article up on the Athletic earlier this week on what expansion would mean for baseball and why it's not a horrible thing, and he threw out a bunch of ideas that a lot of us cringe at, but it can't. The way that he framed it, it kind of made sense. It's a, one of the things that he brought up, so he was playing around with the 32-team league, and we're yeah. going gonna to add a couple of teams, say in like Portland and Charlotte, I think were the two. And then he was messing around with how you can do realignments to, put the, to fix these teams in. And then he said, you're going to hate this idea, but I think it's going to eventually happen where you've got, rather than a National League and an American League, you're going to have an Eastern and a Western division of baseball. Right. And so then you've got all of the – you've got more regional – all of the regional teams would be playing in the same division. Right, right. Which kind of makes sense. And once you do that, then the DH has – everybody has to play on the same rules.
0: Exactly. So so that would be – how would that look? Would would there be a west – like a east-south, east east-north, east and then a west-north, a west-south, a west-central? We Is there going to be a central? I
1: think had it into, broken into eight different – um Uh, divisions or not divisions at conferences conferences wherever you would say um and so that it it made sense the way that he broke it all out it's just when you grow up with national league american league and the history behind it how they were really two different organizations that came together you kind of cringe at the idea of okay we're gonna we're gonna depart from history like that but really it is progress i i love that i love pitcher's hitting I love the strategic side of it I love when you have a pitcher who can hit And it's not, I'm not talking about a unicorn like Shohei Otani, but when you have like a Carlos Zambrano or I mean, Madison
0: Bum, Ty, Mad Bum.
1: Yeah, and Tyson Ross can hit all right. And Clayton Richard hit all <laughs> a whole run earlier this year. And it, it's fun. It's and, so, and it's a way to bring the pitchers
0: together because there's like in the beginning of the season, they're like, okay, who's going to be the best hitter? Who's going to get a hit? You know, and uh-huh. when they get a hit, it's like, yeah. They show the dugout and people are like making faces and they're like high fiving. Um, I'm not a fan, but here's one of the things that. I kind of like about the DH, and this happens all the time. Runners on second and third, two outs, here comes the pitcher. Yeah. And, what the you know, they can't get a bunt down, they can't hit, so that extra hitter right there would do well for teams, you know, to get those runs in, and, and it happens a lot with the putter. Yeah, we have, but
1: that's where if it's a high enough leverage situation, then you bring in a pinch hitter.
0: But what if he's cruising and it's like the fifth inning?
1: I, that's that's the decision that, that that's what makes that decision so interesting.
0: That's managing, right? I
1: love that. Right? You take that out of the game, and now the manager's job is so much easier that he can just throw nine names up on the wall. It's what Twitter's and sit so back interesting. And all he has to do is worry about swapping out relievers. Yeah, and that's I, what that makes a double it... switch. I love what Joe Maddon does every once in a while, where he puts somebody in and then sends the pitcher out to left field, so then somebody else can face you know bring in the lefty to face a lefty. And then you bring that guy back in from left field. You bring your right-handed pitcher back yeah. in. He actually swapped guys back and forth in a game the other day. Really? Yeah. Where one guy... Joe Madden, He, he sent did. the pitcher out to left field. And then at the beginning of the next inning, that pitcher came back in and took the mound again. And I, I love that.
0: Well, you know, okay, fine. That's that's neat. I still don't like him because he defends Rizzo. Yeah. I'm, yeah. No, but, I'm, and and here's another thing. That's... The manager's going to do that. Like, I'm... I'm like, I'm going to defend my player no matter good or bad. I'm not going to sit there and go, yeah, my player does a shitty job. Well, I mean, why did you do that? No, well, you're going to defend it. You're going you're to be on his side.
1: You are, but after the game, after the situation, after the Major League Baseball reviews the whole thing and says, okay, the player was in the wrong, that's when the, the manager and the coaching staff need to take the player and the, the, all of the players aside right. and say, this is what went wrong on this play. Yeah. This is why the ruling came down the way it did. And this is how we want you guys to do this next time. Yeah, But <laughs> that did not happen, and we know that because a year later, same situation happened, and what happened? Rizzo took two steps in, up the first baseline to, to cream a defenseless catcher. Yeah.
0: See, now if we didn't have Buster Posey, that would be no problem, and I'm, I'm good with closing right, at we're going off the rails here. We're off the rails, folks. What do you folks.
1: think about the Matt Kemp play?
0: Um, Seeing the Matt Kemp play, that was um, broke during our uh, podcast last week. Um. I, you know, the, the, it wasn't bad. I mean, he was in the way. He he came in. He didn't, I mean, he put his shoulder down to protect himself. He hit him pretty hard, but he didn't like, it wasn't like a football tackle. Mm-hmm. He kind of put his arms together and leaned in just to kind of protect himself. It wasn't malicious, I don't think. Uh-huh. Um, he didn't deviate from his base pass. Um, you know, he didn't deviate from his path to hit the catcher. It just happened, that's the way the play happened. Uh, the, the push-off, if I was kept out of, just walked away, but you know the catcher kind of pushed him, and then Matt took a step forward. It looked like he kind of took a step forward to like, you know, yeah. what's up, bro? Yeah,
1: that was that was where, it got and that's him where it got,
0: and that's where that's where it's like that's bullshit. You walk away, just mm-hmm. okay. Boom, I got away, and you leave the catcher there, kind of being pissed, whatever. Don't want to get too off the rails because so, this is a minor league podcast, but we, there was, we can go on this.
1: John, there was a, a guy on Twitter that pointed out a, a, rule, a, a clause, a phrase in the rule to me where it's talking about deviating from the path. And one of the things it talks about is lowering of the shoulders or gathering of the arms right. in preparation for contact. Right. And that represents deviation from the path. And now you're no longer a base runner intending to get to the base. Now you are turning yourself into a weapon to hit somebody. Okay. And so that doesn't happen anywhere else. If somebody's in a rundown between bases, they don't try to run through a fielder. Right. They try to avoid the tag. Right. And so Kemp could have tried to slide around him. He could have tried to jump over him. He could have just given himself up and take the tag. He could have tried to go back to third base and get in a rundown. But that's just how these guys... Now, he's whatever 35 years old he's been playing this way for 30 years that yeah. when you're coming yeah. into home plate you don't stop you go through that guy
0: exactly and it was two he had maybe two or three steps before. so he's not gonna there's not much time there to make a decision other than oh my god I'm gonna hit this guy yeah. I better get ready for brace brace for contact
1: mm-hmm. you just don't get up
0: Oh, Bravado, chest, like what the, like, the hell, yeah.
1: Walking. It reminded me of a basketball play where you see somebody fall down and then a player steps over another player and it's like an intentional disrespect. Yeah. And that's what it looked like to me as he got up and he kind of put his shoulder into Chirino's as he's standing up. It's like, come on, the play just happened. Go back to the dugout. Move on, be like, professional. Yeah, that was unprofessional to me.
0: Um, real quick, I want to talk about the uh, the game with Nick uh God, you know, it's a night that shows that wins and losses don't show the true value of a pitcher. He gave up a run in six innings, a solo shot in the seventh, and still loses. The two hits the 10 caps could muster against the Hot Rods that that night was, uh, was Tirso and Ellis' ninth home run of the year in the seventh. His previous start was his worth, worst this season when he gave up nine hits and five earned runs in six innings. Nice to see him rebound. Nice to see him go into the All-Star break, which is actually this Tuesday. So today's games were the last games till Wednesday after the All-Star break. Um, but just you know, with with the stats, it just goes to show you you can pitch that way and still get a
1: loss. Mm-hmm. Now Margovish Vicious, he's he's been an interesting guy to follow this year, and so he's a lefty. We got so many good lefties in this yeah. organization, so he's kind of lost in the in the in the fold. But, he's being overshadowed by Logan. Yeah,
0: he's being overshadowed by...
1: By Mackenzie Gore. The Gore. Yeah, and Mori Hone. And now it, we just drafted David... Or, uh, um, not David, Ryan Weathers. <laughs> Ryan Weathers. Yeah. The Weathers. So we'll call him Weathers. got all these lefties. Well, Marko Vicious is... We're going to start seeing him rise, so...
0: Yeah. He's, th- he's allowed two or fewer runs in the seventh. Uh, two or fewer runs in the seventh and 11 starts. And has only watched one more batter... Pardon me. And has only walked more than one batter once this year. Thank you very much. Moving on to Trissel Analis, 18 year old, has 27 walks so far this season with a 356 OBP to go with a 267 batting average. In June, his slash line is 298, 400 He's a, spe- I, he's a special player. I have a written down here. He's a special he's player.
1: He's one of the youngest players in the league. He's only 18. And he looks like a man. But he's six foot three with shoulders like this, and he's he's a grown dude. He's a grown man. But he just hasn't even he hasn't even filled out yet.
0: Yeah, which kind of you know he's 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 athletically built, but as he gets older, you know, is that size going to you know lengthen the swing? Is that size going to uh, slow him down in the outfield?
1: Well, you'd think as far as the length of the swing, if anything, you should be able to shorten up. As he gets stronger, he should be able yeah. to become more compact. Right now, he needs to use his long levers. Yeah. But So he's playing center field most days now. He's not a center fielder down the road. They say no. he's going to be a corner, corner guy. outfielder, maybe first base. But, man, I, one of the most exciting guys to, to watch in the organization. As
0: I see him play my mouth water,
1: that was awkward. As as Donovan takes a swig of water, and If I
0: take a swig of water, I'm sure that's going to sound really good. Uh, so let's move on up. Here. What time are we at? We are getting deep into this pod.
1: Yeah, we're uh, close to an hour in, I think.
0: God, we got to hurry up.
1: We're 4:55. All right,
0: so we're going to blow through some of the stuff, uh, but we want to give the missions their due. We want to also give uh, El Paso their due. Um, Sunday last, uh, a two loss to the Hooks. Jacob Nix, five innings pitch, two hits, one earned run, four K's, five base on ball. So we're
1: on we're
0: on the missions now. Okay. Yeah, we're we're on the missions.
1: And Wait, last sh- next shout out to Marcus Pond for being the uh, the man, the the beat writer. Matt he- beat writer for the San Antonio missions. I love
0: Marcus. We're gonna have him on. And we're gonna get on iTunes as soon as we figure it out. We're gonna get uh, you know, we've had several of those writers ask us, uh, you know, if they, if they wanted to be guests or if we needed them to be guests, mm-hmm. they've offered, uh, we haven't figured that out yet. We are very press and record kind of guys. Um, but we're working on getting all that to you so we can bring you more information and have better interviews with some of these writers. I think better interviews than everyone else. Hey, screw the 5.5. 5. That's
1: right. I love those guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, Max. and,
0: and, you know, and, and, you know, James and Patrick at the EBT, mm-hmm. you know, I listened to their pod today. I listened to both those pods. I listened to a lot of the Padre podcast. And, um, you know, I, I love all the information. I love the new media. I love the new media. I, 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 I haven't listened to that Kevin AC, Jay Posner one, but for a second, um, I've listened to nothing but locally grown San Diego podcasts. Make the Potters great again, mm-hmm. the Go Intelligence, Marver. Those guys argue a little bit too much, and it gets a little bit
1: too much for me sometimes. But I love that podcast. Oh, they dig into some really good, really good topics. I like when they start talking about the business side of the game, <clears> the <throat> promotions, and the marketing, and what the the team could be doing better.
0: Yeah, a lot of those good tweets come from uh, Fort Wayne Portello right? Yes. Okay, sorry, I don't to want to piss anyone off. Um, but you know, five walks for that, for Jacob Nix last uh, last week. This Friday he pitched seven innings pitched, uh four hits, two runs, two earned, 2K. He has a 1.27 ERA. You know, and this is for, you know, skipping up to Friday. I just want to talk about Lance Nix for a minute. Coming back from Lance in- Nix? Lance Jacob Nix. Jacob Nix.
1: God. <laughs> I, Lance Nix was an outfielder.
0: Yes, he is now. Yes, okay, I, they I. Astros
1: for a while. I want to say.
0: Are, are they related? No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> They're not. I, I get it mixed up. It's getting late in the day for me.
1: Have you ever been to any of the Padres? Um, what do they call it? Social media summits. No. That, that is really cool opportunity that they'll, they'll tweet it out and say, hey, we're going to do this. S- sign up. Tell us why you should go. I saw it
0: last year and I saw it the year before. Yeah, and
1: so I've gone to a couple of them. One of those was where they brought out a bunch of the prospects. Mm. And Jacob Nix was one of them. This was before the prospect game last fall. And Jacob Nix came out and talked to us. And a lot of these guys, they're shy. They don't feel so comfortable in front of a crowd. Right. Uh, maybe they stumble over their words. Jacob Nix was like, don't even hand me the microphone. I'm just going to stand here and talk loud enough so everybody can hear. And he held court. I, I was impressed by by his personality. And, and presence. He, yeah, he's got that presence where he can own a room. <laughs> and he's just... And he's like, he's 20, 21 years old. He's still young. <laughs> oh, oh, I oh just, poor Copper.
0: Poor Copper got his foot stepped on. Go I'm sorry, body. buddy. You're Anyways, okay. we're getting along in the tooth here. And the dog's <laughs> getting along in the tooth. And, and well, so... We'll see how that goes. We're a minor league podcast, but um, that would be kind of neat. And I'd love to call him Lance just to have him give me that dirty look.
1: Yeah, I bet it happens all the time. <laughs> um,
0: moving on real quick. Um, you know, the Monday's game. Sinal Perez for the Hooks was hitting 97 early in that game uh, on Monday for the Hooks. Uh, he was. This is a pitcher for the, uh, in the Houston Astros organization. It was just gassing. You know, Tatis had bounced back from an awful Sunday game with two hits and two walks. He also stole the base, but got you know got, got caught stealing third base. Um, his June is just starting off red hot, 382, 500, and 588. Slash line, Ty France, my guy, Ty France, had two hits on Monday, drew two walks, and is hitting 317, 370, and 463 so far this month. And he's only struck out six times in 41 plate appearances, and that's that's huge. That's what the organization wants to see. Not only do they want to see average and power, but it's the base on balls and it's the strikeouts. They want to see. There's obviously they want to see the strikeouts down, the base on balls up. They want to see that your plan, you're sticking to your plan, that you're not swinging that crap out of the strike zone, and that you're getting on. You know, uh, Lake ba- uh, Lake Bocker had a tough game. That was uh, he he gave up a couple home runs. He gave a leadoff home run, then another solo shot in the fourth on a hanging curve. Uh, Alex DeGotti he had his second HR of the night. off Phil Maton it was a two-run shot in the sixth. Uh, Lake Lake has given up seven long balls in twenty-four in the third innings. Um, it, I it, you know I think it's a little early for him to be in Double A. Yeah, I, you know I, I think I think he should you know it, it's, it's
1: he was in Lake Elsinore. All of last year, wasn't he?
0: He wasn't there all of last year because he played the Australian Baseball League and then was in Fort Wayne. Um, I didn't see him very much last year in in Lake Elsinore, but he's up in double-A. And, you know, I think he might be there just for someone being injured. Or Or maybe
1: he's one of these guys that we're talking about the dominoes of roster Roster construction. Right, if somebody gets called up to double-A... Maybe he gets demoted.
0: Yeah, and I think he's 23. So, he, you know, he's, he's one of the older players. So, trying to find out maybe what they got in him. Uh, you know, and he'll have a good solid inning, good couple of innings, and just he'll lose focus and, and give up the long ball. And it just kind of snowballs there for him. You know, he made that spot. That's when he made that spot start was for Logan Allen when he twisted his ankle. Shagging oh. balls, the twisted my ankle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Moving on. Uh, let's just keep moving on away. up. Let's go back up to, um, you know, Colin Ray making his rehab starts after his Tommy John surgery yes. In his first three starts, he gave up 13 earned runs and 11 and a third innings, but that's fine. He was just trying to get, you know, the arm back in the game motion, you know, just throwing fastballs. I'm sure he's just giving it up, not really worrying about results, more worrying about mechanics and throwing strikes. Mm -hmm. So he got touched up, but he's just allowed two earned runs in the last nine and two-thirds innings with 13 punch-outs and only four hits. Michael Geddes, this is last Wednesday, Michael Geddes had another multi-hit game, bumping his numbers up to 263, 335, and 475 from a dismal 210, 329, and 357 May 7th. They also, Miguel Diaz was returned to the missions from El Paso in place of Logan Allen, who was put on the disabled list with that sprained ankle, we just can't stop talking about Logan Allen and his sprained ankle. Um, you know, up in up in Lake El uh, sorry, up in El Paso, he was struggling with command. Miguel Diaz,
1: yeah, and Diaz people keep mentioning him because he's on the forty man roster, and the major league team needs needs some pitching help on the on the yeah. starting pitching yeah. side. But it was it was pretty much a sure thing that he was going to spend all year in the minors, and the fact that he struggled in El Paso the way that he did, I think he's going to stay down all year for sure now.
0: And if he's on the 40-man, he was a Rule 5 guy last year, right? Mm-hmm. And he had that great gift with a two-seamer that just went back, came, oh my God, started so inside funky. and he
1: came back across the plate. What we were part a- about, that was the swagger that he had. He threw that yeah. pitch, and it's like before he even hit the, the mitt, he was walking to first base. Right. Like There's strength. Three so
0: there's so there's potential there. There's a lot of tools there. He just needs to figure it out down there. Mm-hmm. Talking about that roster construction, that could be a guy that you know that we don't release, but that's something we could take off the 40-man to bring someone up, such as the Ty France.
1: Well, but to get him off the 40-man, you've got to send him through waivers. So I think he sticks. It's just that he's going to be one of these – he's going to clog up a 40-man spot until he's ready to come back, which is probably going to be next year. So this it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in September when the with the roster expansion. Yeah. Um, once these minor league teams are done, who gets added to the 40-man, and then in December – that like the last two weeks of February or of uh, November, you see these roster moves where they're adding guys and releasing yeah. people. Um, you see the um, the free agents come off the roster, and then they they add some of these these other minor leaguers to protect them from that the rule, rule five draft.
0: Right. Uh, I want to talk real quick about Thursday's two one win uh, in uh, San Antonio. Cal Quintero sat down the first twelve batters he saw till the Rough Riders touched him for a run on three singles before Elvis Andres popped up. I watched this game on the MLB TV app. To Cal Overstreet to end the inning, in the seventh, Cal pitched out of trouble getting runners on second and third with one out. In the seventh, he gets Elizer Alvarez to strike out, Ellis Andrews to fly out to Rob Boykin, Austin Allen hit number fifteen. That gives him nine extra base hits this June, ties his career high with his third seven inning game.
1: Yeah, Cal Quantrill, he seems to be he he's like he's found a groove. He's found yeah. that high gear now. Yeah. yeah.
0: And well, let's, let's, we gotta keep, maybe we'll just push some other stuff off till later on in the week. Uh, the who comes up, the what do we do with Javier Guerra question that I have? And we'll do that real quick. My question on Twitter was this. Do we turn Javier Guerra into a pitcher? He has that can of an arm, elite defense. I understand, but. If we can turn him into a pitcher, he has more value.
1: I don't know. Because his his best tool is his glove. Yeah. And yeah, he's got the arm, but man, the glove is shortstop is so good. So all he has to do is hit a little and he could be a useful major league player.
0: But he's not even hitting Freddy Gallus in, in not, triple A. No.
1: He's, this year all of a sudden he's shown this power, the power that he had in single A with Boston. But now he's striking out even more than ever. Yeah. And it's just unsustainable. Yeah. And if you're striking out, whatever, 40% of the time in AAA, good luck when you come up to the majors.
0: Yeah. He, it's, it's not going to happen. So, do you do that?
1: I don't know. I, I, I think at some point he's just going to run out of rope. Yeah. And they're going to they're gonna have to designate him for assignment. So him, Michael Geddes, and Brad Zunica were the three players that I kind of wanted to see at the beginning of the year of, okay, who's going to take that step? Right, what do and we since got? Get, since Garrow was already on the 40-man, he's got that pressure on him. That I got to pre- perform now, or they're just going to run out of room. They're going to run yeah. out of patience. Um, Geddes and Zunica are both eligible for the Rule 5. So if they had a good season, that's kind of a double-edged sword because now you've got valuable players that you want to retain, mm-hmm. and you don't want to expose them to the Rule 5. Um,
0: and they'll get swiped up
1: they they would be it, it, you figure an outfielder that's got those kinds of tools you can find a spot for him, oh yeah, <laughs> I mean Samuel Reyes, I think he got passed up through the rule five just because of his ham-eight bone injury, yeah, and nobody thought that he would heal as quickly as he did, and now he's on the major league team now he wouldn't have been he wouldn't be on most major league rosters, but I think he would have at least been selected. He would have hung out in spring training a little bit before the team yeah. finally returned him back to the team they drafted him from. And this year
0: he just destroyed AAA pitching. Um,
1: he did, yeah. So that's the risk is that if Gettys goes get, – say Gettys gets picked and then he goes over to another team, say the Angels, and he starts crushing it in the spring, then they're going to hold on to him and they're going to see the talent they're going to keep him through the season. Yeah. So you got to – he's – so I don't think Gettys gets a promotion yet though. I think Getty stays in A through the year. They want to see oh, – yeah can he keep this up
0: Yeah, consistency.
1: Yeah, he's not one of the guys that you're going to see get called up. Um um uh Austin Allen is having not Austin Allen. Um yeah, the catcher. <laughs> Austin Allen is having a really good year. If if there was a roster move at AAA, I could see him getting called up. Uh Josh Naylor, he's also having that really good year at the plate, but it's his first year at Double-A. Yeah. He's still very young. He's still really young, so yeah. So, he probably stays at Double. But there are a lot of, I mean Buddy Reed, how long are they going to let him keep crushing it in Lake Elsinore before calling him up to double-A? you got to figure that the time is going to come at some point, him and Edward Olivares. They're both about the same age. They're well, both performing very well.
0: The question in in, 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 in Lake Elsinore is what pitcher comes up. I mean, is it Paddock and Morahone?
1: Paddock's got to go. Paddock's yeah. got to move on. And at some point, there's nothing more for him to learn. Yeah. At the, at the With a thousand play.
0: strikeouts in like four innings.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can see him making that quick move that he gets called up to Double A, makes a half dozen appearances at Double A, and then in September gets called up to the Padres and gets a cup of coffee. I, I don't know what his Rule Five status is, whether he would be eligible. This this you know I can I can find it here real quick. Can, real quick here. Um. So then who moves up from Double A? Yeah, that's that's the hard part. So does Cal get up to Triple A? Does Logan Allen get up there? I you, you know, know I think but, Jerry Keel's been up there for you don't see the pitchers don't always make that same move up the ladder from Double A AA to Triple A they they don't always take that step right so some of those guys might jump straight up um and I uh, Jake Peavy yeah yeah or Colin Ray yeah they'll make that move from Double A straight up to the majors and then if they stick they stick. Um, or they, you know, next year they get assigned somewhere else. Maybe like Colin Ray, he went from Double A to the Padres, and then the following year, I think he spent some time in El Paso. Uh, or Cesar Vargas did the same kind of thing. Cesar Vargas came up from Double A and then bounced back to El Paso. But I don't know if they're the the moves to get them to the majors aren't necessarily going to take them through Triple A.
0: Triple A, exactly. I want to talk a little bit about El Paso here, real quick, before we move on. Uh, before we end this. Um, you know, Luis Burdon was pitched really well. He uh, This last Monday, four innings pitched, a his five earned runs. That was the worst start. He started again, I think it was this Friday. Uh, had another really good game. Do I have numbers on that? I don't. But on Monday, he got kind of lit up for the, uh, for the five earned runs. His next start was really well.
1: What I like about what he's doing, he's not walking a lot of guys.
0: Exactly. Yeah, two base on balls in that five, you know, eight hit five and Runs. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, to start off the season here, he was walking guys, and he was giving up hard contact. Doesn't look like he's doing that in El Paso the, so far this year. You can't give up hard contact in yeah. in in the PCL. Hard contact leaves the park. Real it's a quick.
0: trample, God! It's like the moon there. Yeah, you hit the ball in the air, just fly.
1: <laughs> I guess that's a good place to put Luis Perdomo if you're going to teach him. Okay, you're a ground ball pitcher. You better hey. get ground balls there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's going to be Long Ball City. Yeah. You're, You're raining, over the short raining, start, raining over the baseballs fence.
0: on the outfield, people. Um, they play in Midland, Texas. Where is the Midland, Texas? They have, a, they have a lazy river. It's the Frisco Rough Riders. I'm sorry, guys. I, I lost my train of thought. The Frisco Rough Riders have a lazy river.
1: Oh, my God. What a great place to take in a ball game.
0: Out in center field. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of like the pool for uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh-huh. They got a lazy river. And that's kind of the thing that happens with the minor league ballparks. They have a pool. They have a draw. They have uh, an attraction.
1: I saw when they had a roller coaster in the outfield. What, what team was that? Was
0: that the Cyclones maybe over in New York? Maybe. Oh, yeah. I bet it would be. Yeah. Because the Cody Allen's right there. Yeah. Um, we've been to the, Nash- the new Nashville Sounds in Tennessee at First Tennessee Park in Nashville. They have a putt-putt golf and some killer freaking brisket.
1: Um, I got See, so you take the whole family. You're spending less than ten bucks a ticket. Yeah. If the kids get bored by the game, you go play some miniature golf. Yeah. Go play on the lazy river. Yeah. Um, I, I I had it
0: written down. And I wanted to talk about that for a second.
1: That's that's cool.
0: Um, and they played it on NFL sounds. I've been to that that field. The your uh, seems to be heating up a little bit.
1: He is. He's he seems to be breaking out of a slump.
0: You know, from Thursday's numbers over the past ten games, he's hitting two ninety four four fifteen and with five hundred.
1: Yeah, he's, he's had an up-and-down season this year. He yeah. started off slow, and then he got hot, and then he got slow, and then he got hot. Or maybe it was the other way around. But it's like he's killing it, and everybody's saying, okay, bring Urias up. And then you look, and like for the last two weeks, he's like... That's three for, for 29 right. You know, <laughs> so how can you bring him up when he's cold like that? And so maybe that's kind of the, the idea. Developing players and getting them up to the majors. Yeah. How, how do you teach a guy how to have that consistency that... You let a couple of bad at bats ride you for days. Yeah, and yeah. I'm am a golfer, so I can relate to that. You hit a couple of bad shots, and it can ruin a whole round. I'm sure it's that way with the baseball players that they get a couple of bad at bats, and it sticks with them. And now they're thinking about that when they're up at yeah. the plate, rather yeah. than just responding and preparing.
0: And and with Urias, you know, he did have that. He just tore it up in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then had to, the, You know, just kind of like April May had kind of a weak weak month. And now he seems to be on the rebound again. And that's what we want to see from him. And we want to, like, there's going to be struggles in baseball. You're going to struggle. It's a freaking difficult game. But what happens when you do, even when it's as prolonged as it was for, for Udias? Um, what is he doing to make the changes? So they've made adjustments. He's walking more. He's not striking out as much, but he's walking and he's, and he's starting to pick it up, starting to get a couple of hits per game. Um, and, we'll see what happens by the end of the season. I don't think we bring him up. I I say at the very least maybe a September call up, but there's no reason to bring him up just to like I don't know give the, the to appease Padre Twitter.
1: Yes. You know. That's true. Um if 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 there was a situation where the team was hot and contention was a real Possibility, yeah. which I don't think is a case this year. Yeah, you look at the raw, ro- the line, the the standings, and the Padres are co- whatever four or five games back, and right. you can kind of squint and say, "Well, if everything goes right, let's get real here. <laughs> fantasy." This is not a competing team right now. Mm. Um, oh, Siri's listening to us right now. Uh, Siri, this is, this go is not away. Not a contending team right now. So, if there was, if it was a competing team, and you had a void at second base. And then there is the player that could come up and be the impact addition. Yeah, bring Urias up. But right. that's not this You don't season.
0: have to trade anyone. You just bring a guy up. It's like getting a trade piece.
1: And and another point to that is this whole Rule 5 thing. That you need to protect the guys that are going to be Rule 5 eligible. Now, Urias is one of those guys. So there is reason for them to add him. He will absolutely be on the roster come December.
0: And he will not leave. Like, if he's a September call-up, he won't. he'll be up. We're gonna we're gonna get rid of some second baseman. We need to thin mm-hmm. out that herd up at the Major League Club with Spangenberg, mm-hmm. with Perella. Um, yeah. you know, a, a hit for the cycle. Yeah, um, hit for Caterpillar the cycle. Eyes, you know, a shout out to Asuahe and my wife, Liddy mm-hmm. Lurie. That's Liddy Lurie, not Liddy Lurie. Um <laughs> big Carlos Asuahe fan.
1: So you've got Perella, Spangenberg, and a that are your second baseman right now with the with the Padres. Yeah. So i say one or two of those guys would have to leave the organization before Urias sees any time on the field. Yeah. So if they trade Perella, and then if somebody gets hurt, for example, then maybe you bring him up because there's an actual need at the major league level.
0: Right. And the September call-up has to be Javier Guerra. Maybe we give him a little showcase. And then maybe we, you know, what's going to happen next year with, yeah. that, with, with tattoos coming? Like we talked about them making that jump from A to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Now with that week, first month, the last two seasons with Tatis, do I see him going up to the major league club? You know, from Double A.
1: No, I see them taking the slow route with him. Yeah, there's no there's no incentive to put him on the roster. Let him
0: see rehabbing major leaguers, guys trying to make it back. Yeah. A lot of four A pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, let him see some major league pitching in AAA, where it's where it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and let him start working with him in, in Udia's. On the double play ball.
1: Well, and also, yeah, the mechanics of playing the shortstop at the upper levels. And I saw it when um, uh, uh, Rondon came up a couple of years ago, yeah. last year or whatever. And he's supposed to be glove first. He's really good defensively. And then he came up and he looked like a rookie out there. Yeah, he made we butchered some rookie a little mistakes, bit. butchered some plays. Um, and there were a couple of times there were exchanges at second base with a runner coming in, sliding hard, that you could see that his mechanics weren't quite right. And it's. It so, affects the throw to first and yeah. it'll, it'll affect the play. So, when the, when the game is faster, you've got big, strong guys that know all the tricks, then they exploit those little weaknesses. And so, that's where a season in AAA, you get to work on all that stuff. Yeah. And it's not under the pressure of you got to win every game. Of the you show. Gotta, you got to right? win every play. Right. Whew.
0: We talked about a lot of stuff. We
1: did. We ran down a whole bunch. And There's we one missed. game I see on this list that we haven't talked about, and that's Cosmakita. Kazuisa Makita, I find he's 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 been so good in yeah. AAA. Um, I, I got I, it down here. Mackie had two
0: scoreless innings and has only allowed two base runners with six strikeouts and six innings in five appearances.
1: Yeah, so he's maybe he really is kind of a four A kind of a player. Yep. Maybe right. that's I I don't know when you've got a soft tosser and he's throwing from that angle. It's a tee for a major league hitter. You see the comfortable, you know, Now the,
0: the first couple of times maybe he, mm-hmm. he did, you know, there were some uncomfortable at-bats there, and occasionally there is an uncomfortable at-bat up in the major league level, but more so, these guys are just sitting back, and it's coming up right in a tee, and they're hitting it for, you know, they're driving it out of the ballpark, mm-hmm. and he's signed to a three-year contract, two-year contract?
1: Two-year, I think, yeah. 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 But he has, I find it interesting that he has minor league options. I don't know how that if that's written into the contract, the contract that you're you're signed as an international professional, but you have minor league options. That, that that's an odd one to me. But so you've got you've got Adam Simber, who mm. is suddenly one of the best relievers in baseball. Love that guy, and he's got a similar arsenal. Yeah, he's a side or almost a submariner. He, he throws harder though. He locates up and down. Yeah, he can touch ninety. He look, he, he'll use the top of the zone, which is unusual for sidearmers. Yeah. And then you've got Eric Yardley in the minor leagues, who's also a sidearm kind of submariner. Yeah. And so in spring training, those three guys were all working together. And I'm sure they were learning a ton from Nikita. So, but how can you have two guys like that on the same roster? In, in the Dodgers game earlier this year, I brought this up on, on one of the other... Conversations. So they brought in Simber and had him pitch, I think, three full innings against the Dodgers. Or at least he went through the lineup a full time. Right. And then somebody else comes in. Then you bring Makita in. So they've already seen a side armor who has a similar similar movement to his pitches, works in similar locations. And now you're going to bring in somebody who's 10 miles an hour slower? That, that's the wrong way to do it.
0: Exactly. And it
1: was just setting Makita up for failure. So I don't know how you can have two guys like that on the same roster.
0: And Eric Yardley, he's in AAA. I believe he's up in El
1: Paso. Is he, is he in El Paso? El, Paso now? I think he's in El Paso. Okay, and he's doing—he's not doing too bad. Yeah, it, it's—it's an—it's an odd mix. Yeah, he is in El Paso. So. Woo-hoo. Finally, something I remembered I didn't have to write down. <laughs> oh, God. You
0: know, and this is why once again I'll say it again. You know, this is why I have I wanted Roy to come on the podcast. Those first few episodes were just me and a hell of a lot of notes. And when you're out there by yourself, you, uh, you know, you talk a lot and you say a lot, but it's all kind of marbled up in together. Uh, bringing someone in like Roy with his uh, with his encyclopedic knowledge. Um, makes for a better listening podcast so i want to thank you guys for uh listening good job today
1: thank you good job to you too I And mean, this this preparation is impressive
0: yes well that's i have a i'm a boss so i can do what i want but
1: nice <laughs> um i
0: will not be here next week but i will be writing in prodigious amounts of notes so um maybe before we when we come back maybe we'll do another uh who goes up who moves up because it's half the first half is done
1: yes and yeah, so, so with this All-Star game, you're going to see a bunch of these All-Stars moving up, and that's going to be fun, watching the decks shuffle.
0: Yes, stay tuned, Padre fans. So you can find me at SD Donovan on Twitter. You can find Roy at Zippy, Zippy underscore
1: TMS. TMS, And you can find me on Gasland Ball as well. Hopefully at, I can find time to write something on there this week.
0: Absolutely, and we are stat boys for the Hell's Bells podcast. That's Libby Lurie, my wife, and his girlfriend. I almost slipped that wife. They're almost. They're pretty much married, but <laughs> they just haven't got the ring. Anyways, patience, patience. Yes, and also don't...
1: I do the work in the count podcast with Angela.
0: Yeah, Work in the count podcast. We to get another one. You guys out. need
1: to get another one of those out. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. We were traveling, and then it's been a crazy week.
0: So you guys have a good week. Go Padres. Go minor leagues, and stay tuned.